Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest is an entrepreneur with a mission to change culture and inspire innovation. She leads the growth of Bamboo's 1,000-plus regional entrepreneurial community. Bamboo creates an environment for innovation. Through flexible workspace and community-driven programming, Bamboo empowers our members to succeed. Amanda is also a writer of literary fiction, living in Detroit with her husband, daughter, and rescue pups. Amanda, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast, first of all, because so many of the guests have already, we keep talking about bamboo, like, oh, we met at bamboo, 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 bamboo. And people are like, what the hell is bamboo? So, so honored you were on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And we met through Bamboo. (laughs) Yes. Amanda is one of the co-founders of Bamboo and has just built this awesome community that I've been blessed to meet incredible people like herself and probably a good quarter of our podcast guests we've had on it. So, so appreciative of you. Before we dive into everything, let's throw it back to childhood. What did you want to be when you grew up and what was your childhood like? Yeah, I always wanted to be a writer. I think when I was 12 years old, I had this, if it were in a movie, I swear I felt like I had this moment where like light shined down from the sky and the teacher was reading my poem and I thought, wow, that's what I want to do. And I still write. I am a writer. It's a very important mode of art to me. But also that year, like I had a very difficult divorce with my parents and I felt like I grew up in this very divided family that was also very diverse. I had mixed cousins growing up in Detroit. I have other cousins growing up in the Burbs and my parents kind of split. And I think that really drove me to want to build community and a very intentionally diverse community later on in life. I realized I was always that personality like in my family and in my friends group, like bringing everyone together. And so a lot of what we do at Bamboo is create space and community to bring people together, right? Now, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe you went to MSU, you went through with writing and you are still a writer today, but how did that transition? And I want to hear the backstory of Bamboo because I actually don't know it. I've just like you've shared a few LinkedIn posts, but I don't even know the story. So talk us through college, what you ended up doing and where did Bamboo come to fruition? Yeah. So after college, one of my first jobs was at a startup advertising agency And I didn't know people actually started companies. Like I come from a very like blue collar, working class community. And I just thought that this was wild. And I was the second employee, helped grow it, created a lot of internal processes, helped hire and build a team, pitched for clients, took care of those clients. Um, It was kind of like a mini MBA, really, like getting all that behind the scenes knowledge Um, But after a couple of years, the agency went through some layoffs and I found myself really in this place where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. So I thought before I jump into the next job, like I'm going to maybe take a minute, finish my master's degree, freelance write. And I started coming to Detroit downtown to networking events all the time, just going out and networking. And I thought there's so much interesting things happening now, like things that I wasn't aware of growing up in the Burbs and going to Michigan State um, and reconnecting with my family that lived in the city. And so I thought, I think I want to stay here and do something interesting. And everyone seemed to be working in a small business startup community. It just seemed like so much fun. But I never thought I would start a business. I did not take a single business class. Um, It was just an idea between a couple friends. There was nowhere to go after these networking events to just work on your idea. So we really took a lean startup approach to building Bamboo. It was 2013. 
there was no co-working space downtown yet. We convinced my partner Mike's dad to let us test out the model in a 2,000 square foot space. We literally borrowed $5,000, got IKEA furniture and paint, and we were not in the best location. We were, it was a great building, but we were above a Bales Bond studio and below a music studio. So like nobody could find us. We had no sign. There'd be loud music. There'd be lots of foot traffic. It was just, it was kind of fun and wild. But what really worked was taking that community building approach. So I took my experience in advertising, doing social media and marketing. And we just started throwing events and building the community and creating this like affordable place for people to go to be a part of what was happening downtown. And that was really the spirit that started Bamboo. And we just grew it. We bootstrapped the company. So every year we just grew a little bit more and a little bit more um, until we moved over to our current location downtown on Washington Boulevard. And then a couple of years ago, doubling and expanding during um, the pandemic, which was a wild time for us. Uh, we purchased our building in Royal Oak and expanded here. And interestingly, I think the pandemic was this big, obviously impactful and traumatic thing that we went through as a community and a culture. But in our industry, short term, it was very difficult, but long term, a lot more people are choosing co-working now because they're more hybrid or more remote and they don't always want to be at home. They seek that community or they seek that creative space. And so uh, long term, I think we see more of a trend moving to co-working spaces. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. So that's 10 years in about two minutes. That, hey, that was a great summary. I love that. Now, is there a significance behind or how did you come up with the name Bamboo? Yeah, one of our early partners came up with the name. When he was in college, he heard Bamboo was a plant that takes a few years to sprout from a seed and grow. And then it grows really strong and fast. It's also very flexible and durable. And so for us, we wanted to create that environment for growth. So we're very much more than just a physical space. We are a community. You get plugged in. You know, folks like you, Angela, really network and participate. And if you do, you get so much value from that, right? You meet friends, you meet collaborators, you find people that might join your team. Um, some people come in as solopreneurs and literally build their entire team at Bamboo. Others are starting tech companies and finding their first CTO or co-founder. And so um, we really wanted to create that space and that community to inspire your growth. And that really fit in with the word Bamboo. And at first, people didn't love it. And then it caught on and it's just kind of worked ever since. It does. I'm going to go on a tangent about Bamboo for a minute because the awesome part about it, I mean, I ha you know, I have a small team. We're all remote, but I never thought I could be a remote worker until the pandemic. And I started my business in full time in 19. <laughs> Great timing right before the pandemic. But I miss that interaction. And the beautiful thing about Bamboo is like I can just bop in as I am. I mean, I don't need to. I'm not one that I love to wear suits and whatnot. And that's okay for people that do, but you can come as you are. And that's what I love so much. And it's just so interesting because you have really cultivated a community of, hey, I think you should meet so-and-so. Hey, you need to meet so-and-so here. Oh, I was just talking about you. I mean, it truly is a diverse community. It's people from all walks of life. And it's just, for lack of a better term, just like badass people I would have never met anywhere in life. And I want you to really talk about the events you have, because I'm sure Amanda's not even going to give herself enough credit, but for Women's History Month, for Black History Month, for Arab American History Month, like AAPI, you have really cultivated events to represent everyone. And it is not, I just saw LGBT 
QA plus suicide prevention event. I mean, how incredible is that? Is that there is a resource for every single person, whether you're a member of Bamboo or not. So talk to us on how important that is and how you come up with these incredible inclusive events for members and non-members. Yeah. So high level, when we think about community, I always say think about common unity. Um, we're all going Ooh. through different things and we're all interested in learning different things on our journeys in entrepreneurship as a team, we set pillars. So we have these defining values that influence the programming we design. Those values to us are celebrating our diversity, empowering entrepreneurship, and creating connections. Because a lot of times people don't want to come to a business event. They just want to connect and socialize. And so that social atmosphere is really important to us. And so on the local level, each location takes those pillars and then activates the space. And we do some stuff across locations too. Um, but we really empower our local team's design and lead there. And so um, in Royal Oak, I think our current team is really into DE&I and wellness. And so you see a little bit more of that coming out. But we think about diversity and inclusion across everything. So in Detroit, we've been doing Tech Tuesdays, like free co-working for the tech community. We bring in venture capitalists and investors who are sometimes difficult to get on their calendar. You can walk in and sign up for office hours and get feedback on your business and idea. And, you know, like this month, they're all people of color and women. And so, like, there's many ways we think about diversity and inclusion, whether it's the celebrations every month that the Royal Oak team really thoughtfully puts together or just consciously, you know, making sure we're being inclusive of who is speaking and who's at the table. And I think that really welcomes more people, right, or makes more people feel comfortable learning about how to find my investor, how to fundraise, um, how to hire and build a more diverse team and think about these issues. But there is an intentionality around like those core values. And so we ask ourselves, like, are these things fitting into our core values um, when we're designing them and or partnering or sponsoring with others too? Now, with all the craziness, because before we started recording, I even said, I was like, I'm shocked you even decided to record this week because I know Bamboo has an event like every single day this week. But how do you fit this all in your schedule or what does a day in your life look like managing multiple locations, going all over the place, being a hot commodity? And I'm sure getting pulled into 5000 things, but you're always so cool, calm and collected when I see you. And I just admire you so much for that. But tell us a little bit more. Well, I think you uh, can think going through a global pandemic, <laughs> like nothing is like as scary as being told physically shut your business down and have no idea when you can reopen. So that was like one of the most difficult times we had to go through. But when I started Bamboo, we were really small. So I wore many hats. I did everything. I was marketing, HR. I was community manager. And so I've worked the community team. We now call them community directors, community coordinators. But I've worked all those roles. Um, and now when we open a location, we sort of let our leadership locally we want them to shine and bring their personality to the space and build the community too. Um, and so my role has shifted more from running the day-to-day -to, -day to overseeing the day-to-day -day and managing our team. In a way, I'm like a regional director as we expand more locations. And eventually, I think as an entrepreneur, you as you grow, you hire and replace yourself over and over again, right? So at first, I was the community manager. I couldn't afford to hire someone yet. And so for a few years, I ran the space. And then I finally was able to hire community managers and directors. Um, now I'm sort of like, as the co-founder CEO, my biggest role is to create value for the company. And currently, we're working on expanding and building more bamboos in Michigan. And so I have to prioritize those 
larger kind of higher level strategic things that only I can do, as well as teaching, nurturing, and leading my team, but eventually replacing myself as the managing director when we have enough locations and I can hire someone to lead operations or lead the team a little more. So I actually learned that really early on when I was working at the advertising agency. One of our clients said that you replace yourself as you grow. And um, we're looking at doing that as we continue to grow and create a larger community. And I want to give OTU for you really let your team run with it, where I'm out of the Royal Oak location more than Detroit. Detroit I go to once in a while, but I'm closer to Royal Oak. But you really have trained them and just made them just fall in love with bamboo and what they do. And that's clear and that's evident. What's been important to you as a leader? Because some people could sit there and micromanage. And I remember Amanda Sweet and I were planning our workaholic series. And she was like passing ideas for you when it was early on. You walked by, you're like, okay, sounds great. Like, And I sat back and I remember that moment. I'm like, that is just so cool. And that's what everyone wants out of a leader. But how, what has, A, your experiences built you to be that type of leader and what kind of goes through your head of like, yes, that my team can handle it or how you handle that aspect of it? Well, we really realized that being a part of a smaller team, and I think maybe you probably understand this at your stage, you kind of want people who are entrepreneurial. Yes. And I think letting them lead and shine is just like more valuable and more fun overall for everybody. We have these core processes and these core values, and you hire people who share those values, who are entrepreneurial, who are community builders or value community, and then giving them a platform like, hey, here's a whole building. Here's some tools. Like, obviously, we have metrics we want to meet, and we have regular meetings as a team um, to make sure we hit those metrics, like making sure our customers are really satisfied, making sure our spaces are full, making sure we're operating with excellence. Um, But when it comes to the programming, we want to have those guiding pillars, but stay flexible, right? So if a member like you approach us with a series and it fits in with, we know it's going to add value to the members, it fits in with these pillars, then I think, why not try it? You need to experiment still. And I think it is harder to create a culture of constantly experimenting and trying and being willing to fail too. That is harder to do as you grow to scale, but it is something we try to nurture because we're also entrepreneurial, like our community, right? And you know, TikTok may be the new thing everyone needs to learn about. And so we need to plug hooks like you in to share that with the community. And then also, if only five people come to the workshop, I don't consider that a failure. I consider that five members who've gotten something extremely impactful from that workshop. And so we're very open to trying new ideas, being entrepreneurial, and seeing what the community needs. I think good communities stay flexible to what their members or their ecosystem want. And it is ever changing. I mean, I know, like you said, starting in 2013 and it being 10 years, which congratulations, that's crazy and also incredible. But I mean, your members change over time and especially nobody had a pandemic on their bingo card. So and I don't remember, but didn't you you opened Royal Oak during the pandemic or you opened right before it? Right. Yeah, we found the building and closed in the building before the pandemic hit. We were actually about to turn in our drawings to the building city and the city shut down. (laughs) They were like, you can bring those back in three months. So our timeline, our construction, everything got pushed back. But I think we opened at the right time. I mean, we opened, we were supposed to open in the fall of 2020. We ended up opening in the spring of 2021. And during the pandemic, you could literally see when case counts were up, our sales went down. Logically, people were not going to busy co-working spaces. They wanted to stay home just as extra precautions. And then as we all started to emerge out of the pandemic together, vaccine availability 
became more widespread, more and more people returned. And more and more people choose it now. Everyone just uses it slightly different than pre-pandemic, right? So some of our bigger teams used to outgrow us and go get space. Now they stay a little bit longer because they don't want to sign a long-term lease or they're hiring all over the world and they just need a core presence in Michigan, right? Other folks who are working from home and are remote workers have never been remote workers before and they might like that flexibility, but coming somewhere once a week, twice a week gives them like a nice added value. And I think you said something about, you know, you, even you returning to the space. We also like to think about small businesses and startups. They don't have access to 20,000 square feet of like beautiful buildings or rooftops or cold brew or conference rooms. And so we want to give you that premium um, design at a really affordable cost for small businesses. And that's a huge value. Then you don't have to go sign a lease, pay for your own build out, take all this risk when you may not need it. And that was the most beautiful part of it, because I remember when I had a friend, Andy Garrett was a member there before me and we met and she's like, oh, no, you should look at Bamboo. I think you'd really like it. I'm like, there's no way I can afford it. And then I went in. And I'm like, oh, wait, this is like way affordable. This is this is awesome. Like, there, no way. This is incredible. But the love I have is it's you have a beautiful kitchen. You have cold brew on tap, which is one of my favorite benefits. But you truly have created like the office feel of like the coolest coworkers around, whether you are a solopreneur or like myself have a very small team that's scattered across Michigan. And you can come in anytime, which is what I love because in an office space, it's typically like you get kicked out at a certain time or, oh, our crew comes in at this, like you can't be here. But having that 24-7 access to my home base of Royal Oak, I mean, it's been huge when, A, if I need time to waste somewhere, I could spend it at Bamboo or... If I need to just like pop in or I need some inspiration because I'm feeling blah. I mean, I just I cannot tell you. And I swear, Amanda does not pay me to say all the great things about bamboo that I do. But (laughs) it's just like you if you were to really look at what community means, like it is bamboo through and through. I mean, I just can't stress that enough. And I don't want to say like you roll with the punches because you you're all just expanding. But you truly like develop and you change and you ask for feedback. You ask us members surveys of like, hey, what'd you think about this? Or you're consistently looking 10 steps forward, which a lot of companies aren't. And that's why you will be around forever. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I love hearing that. I am very obsessed. I think because I worked in like hospitality, I waited tables like all through college. And then I worked in advertising, which is very client service. I think that gives me in our team a mindset of like, how can we always be better and better and better? Like each location we open, we want to be better than like the past location and take everything you learn into just making the experience and the product as good as it could be. And then also like adopting a mindset of like, I tell our team all the time, you'll never fail. It's just like a lesson learned. And that's really hard. I think it was really hard for me too when we first made our first big move into our second location outside of that really early rough space. I definitely felt a lot of fear. I was like, I have no idea if people are going to buy offices. Right. We just added all these offices or like our rent like double. And like, I had no idea if we were going to make rent. And it was a very like every time you sort of level up and make another move, you have fears and insecurities that resurface. And the way we try and keep ourselves grounded is by really still listening to our community. Like you said, I always say we co-create with our community. Your customers are your community. Right. And in some ways, as an entrepreneur, you get that fear and insecurity bubbling up. Um, but it actually doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what your family thinks. It doesn't matter what 
competitors think what matters is if you have customers or a community supporting you and you're providing value and helping them and you keep in tune with that, that will always, I think, help you like continue to succeed. Right. So we try to stay really grounded in a lot of those things and we're not perfect and we've learned a ton, but hopefully like our obsessive quality of constantly getting better just keeps getting better too. Right. Yes, exactly. Now, what exciting things do you have in store for the next year or anything you'd like to share with us as far as where we're growing into or certain locations you're looking at or? Yeah, we're always looking. um, Well, before COVID, we used to get corded all the time to different places, like all over Michigan. And now as we're sort of reemerging, we're thinking intentionally on where's the creative and the tech and the small business community. And so we're looking at places potentially like Grand Rapids and Lansing and Ann Arbor. And so Hopefully in the next few years, we'll continue to build our footprint and our community, which I think has a flywheel success, right? Like if we open up in Ann Arbor, maybe you are introduced to a whole new set of customers and community that you're not used to in Royal Oak, right? And a lot of our community hires local, spends their money local. So we're looking for like those dense cities that maybe are growing in, but also don't have a dozen co-working options just yet. And we can really add value with the goal of changing the culture in Michigan. I mean... Michigan is still heavy in a conservative automotive culture. And I say conservative conservative in that I grew up working class where my family, like everyone got one job and that's all they did, whether it was working for schools or automotive and you didn't change and you did not take risks, right? And we're now creating a culture of it is okay to take risks. You should be empowered. Here's a platform to do that. Go start your company, whether you're working full time and it's a side hustle or you've been doing something your whole life and you're ready to make a leap. Like, I want to be that space so people know they can come here. They can get an affordable membership or just start coming to events and plug in and be inspired and hear that there are people doing this and we can change Michigan to be a more inclusive and innovative region. And I think that's what really makes me excited. It is exciting. And I love that point on what being conservative means because it is true. I mean, especially people or like you said, our family that are older and just like, you're going to create, you're going to start a business. You're going to do this. Cause I was just laughing to myself of like, yeah, I've heard all of those things too. But yeah. Did your family think it was a little wild when you said in 2018, I'm starting my own company. This is what I'm doing. It was, well, I come from two entrepreneur parents, which was great. But some of the aunties there were more like, you're nuts. Why would you ever do this? You got fired. Go find another job. And my mom was very much more of like, great, just make sure you're paying your bills. That's all I care about because don't get your house foreclosed on. And I was like, okay, okay, got it. Cool. But it is true. And it's like friends that see things differently or... It's just like, like you said, building that community of people that will say, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. How can I help? Especially if you are employed full time. Now, as we wrap this up, Amanda, what advice do you have for listeners? I would say just get started. I mean, Bamboo would have never started if we didn't have that 2,000 square foot space, the $5,000 loan and the IKEA paint. We could have sat there and thought forever, how do we build? Like, if you come into Royal Oak, it's a very different space, right? Yeah. It does not look like Ikea furniture and paint. But if we had kept that perfection mindset and never got it started, we would have never evolved and grown. Um, So I think sometimes you just got to experiment, try, fail, learn, just start something. So if you've been sitting on that idea, don't wait for the perfect time. Don't wait for the perfect set of resources. There never is a perfect time and a perfect set of resources. When you start 
to act on that idea, the universe supports it and you find the right people and you find the right resources along the way. And be very open to evolving. The model we have now is very different than that 2,000 square foot model. And it takes a long time. I think it always takes a lot longer than people realize to get to a place where your business is sustainable. Um, So just give yourself a lot of patience and a lot of grace. You may have a pandemic. Hopefully you don't. True. That was definitely like PTSD as an operator. That was definitely a very difficult time. And But you just kind of figure it out as you go. And so I just wish everyone luck if you have an idea you're working on. Also, our doors are always open. Check out Bamboo's events. Come to our website. Come to anything. Pop in anytime. We're here for you. And I hope this was helpful for your listeners. It absolutely was. Thank you so much. And yes, if you want to pop into Bamboo, head to the show notes for a link to their website, sign up for the newsletter, follow on Instagram and other socials. They give you so much value and free resources. So Amanda, thank you so much for those of you listening. Tune in next week for another episode of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at The Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.